Welcome to Baron Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears traveled down to Kansas City. I hope they got some barbecue because that might be yeah. the only good thing about that trip. They lose in an ugly game to the Kansas City Chiefs. Other than the 13-game losing streak, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's neat to see on, on social media everyone sharing their barbecue. Yeah, free game and stuff but like you did that when you were there for the draft you know of course a lot of people there for bears content creators were trying to you know take it in and you know i just love some good barbecue so uh, i have never been to kansas city so that, that's 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 one of my places i want to make sure i get a chance to go to and just to get that barbecue yeah you let me know when you do that i've got some friends down there and i nice. certainly have some recommendations the the tip with kansas city though you just you have to do the burnt ends. You can yeah. try some other stuff too, but you got to make sure you get the burnt ends. Uh, there's really no shortage of good places to go um, inside of there. But anyway, uh, yeah, we could probably have more fun talking yeah. about barbecue, but instead we're going to go through our categories. And again, we're, we're off to a rough start here. This is uh, this is not easy to try to find these silver linings, but I think there actually were a couple candidates here for trench tribute. So why don't we start off in the trenches like we do every show and identify a couple of the big guys that we think deserve at least a little bit of credit for their play yesterday. I'm going to start off here and I'm going to go with uh, left tackle Larry Borum, who, you know, got the start. There was some talk in the week with Braxton Jones injured. Maybe it's Tyree Carter. Maybe they flipped Darnell right over to the left side. Maybe it's Larry Borum. And when I heard all this back and forth from Coach Luce, I'm like, will you just knock it off and just stick? This is the swing tackle that Ryan Poles gave you. Play Larry Borum. You know, good or bad, that's who Poles gave you. Do not go moving your guys around, especially with, with a, your rookie right tackle. Leave him alone. So Larry Borum, man. I rewatched the game last night. I was doing some writing. I'm like, I'm going to put it on. I'll pay attention to the offense. And, you know, it, it's tough, man. I mean, the offensive line didn't do a lot. The defensive line didn't do a lot. But but I'm like, I thought Boren played good with my first watch. But let me watch him again. And, and he did. He, he wasn't perfect. He had some ups and downs. There was a, a stunt he was laid on trying to come over. You know, he was solid. You know, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, he, he the one thing I, I noticed that he doesn't get movement in the run game. He's more of a, of a positional blocker. He'll kind of lock on and he'll kind of turn his butt to kind of, you know, give the running back a crease or a direction to run. But sometimes that's all you have to do. So Larry Borum starting in a pinch. He'll be there the next, you know, at least three games uh, with, with, with Jones on IR. So good for Larry Borum to come in and, uh, and kind of do his thing. Yeah, so that's the third uh, straight different offensive line, starting offensive line combination that we've seen to start the year. You have to assume that if Nate Davis is able to make it back into the starting lineup next week, that'll make four and four. So, you know, we're, we're trending towards an interesting direction. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, you know, out for the first four games due to IR. I don't know where he's at in his rehab, but if he's able to come back in week five and he plugs back into say left, left guard. Now you're talking about, five and five weeks, right? Those are the kinds of things that actually do really have a big impact on yeah. how a unit like that plays. You know, you're still, even if you have that five and five with Tevin back, you're still not at the originally envisioned uh, offensive line combination that you had at the beginning of the year. I mapped this last year. There were nine different offensive line starting combinations last year uh, over the 17 game schedule. And I don't think they ever actually got to 
the envisioned uh, uh, starting lineup. I mean, I know that uh, Kramer had like nine snaps at center. I don't know if that start was the the full five that Patrick, they envisioned. Patrick, yeah, not Kramer. Sorry, not Kramer. Wow, what a yeah. slip. You know what? It's it's already been a it's already been a long month for me. It may uh, as well be Kramer, Patrick, whoever it is. Dieter Iceland. Let's, let's get Dieter Iceland in there too. Who cares? Dieter Iceland got some snaps last year. Let's play so along the way, Larry Borum played a lot of different positions last year, right? Like, I mean, he played some guard last yeah. year. I think he played both guards at some point, snaps at both guards. Um, you know, so for your swing tackle, for him to be able to fill in at a lot of different positions, that is, it's a, actually a pretty valuable thing to have on your roster. Now, is that somebody that is a, you know, top-notch starting left tackle that you want to pay a lot of money to? Uh, you know, our contention is no, like, but it's a good living to be a swing tackle in this league and to be able to plug in uh, and and get good quality reps out of that guy. And, and I think you're right. I think he, he deserves that level of uh, respect for, for what he's able to bring. I, I want to talk about the other guy, the other side of this, which was Darnell Wright. I, you know, I don't have the full all 22 recap for you like I did last week with, with Carter. Um, but just in real time, it looked like Wright is starting to maybe settle in a little bit. He's a guy that can move, move you off the ball, right? It's not necessarily like Borum where, like you say, where he's he's looking to just sort of do the shield, which again is fine in certain circumstances. But in other circumstances, you want that offensive line to be able to dig a guy out, displace him, right, and, and move him off the ball so that you can get these big running lanes. And I think Wright's starting to settle in a little bit. Um, I know there's always going to be rough reps. Uh, and, and certainly he had, I think he had a, a quote about Chris Jones. Like, I think that's probably the best player I've ever played against. Right. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a pretty good football player. You know, those things are going to happen. So those things are good for him. Um, but I think that I, to me, Darnell Wright is starting to show the things that you want to see uh, a rookie tackle show early on in his career. I was close to going right. I did like his game. You know, it's it's funny with with Wright. I mean, he had the one bad rep against Chris Jones, who is, like you said, one of the better defensive linemen in the entire NFL. So of course, fans right away, ah, you know, he stinks again. It's like, come on, you know, it's, we talk all the time. He's, he's have up and down, he's a rookie, especially at that spot. And uh, there was a rep later in the game where he he, he put Chris Chris Jones in the dirt. I mean, he's. He's a good building block for this team, whether it's going to be Justin Fields, Ryan Poles, Coach Foose, whoever's here in the next few years. He's the guy that's going to be, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's the guy that's going to be part of this team for a long time. Yep, I agree. Um, let's let's just move quickly into yeah. the next category. I mean, let's not mess around here, right? Yeah. Like this is this is a football team that doesn't necessarily need us to to dive into too many holes here. But uh, we're going to go with our tweets or whatever they're called now. Uh, and our, our friend who, who might be in the audience here, uh, she responded to my call for tweet. Uh, this is Chris Armstrong at Chris Armstrong one. And uh, I said, give me your hottest, saltiest takes of the, the week, you know, whatever. I'm going to keep doing this because you guys are getting me some good stuff here. Uh, but Chris says, George McCaskey walks into a bar. And it was the turning point of the franchise as a new chairman of the board took over soon after. So the old walk into a bar, you know, get knocked out kind of joke. Good stuff. Uh, hadn't, hadn't heard that one in a while. And I like it. And it gives us an opportunity to talk about the George McCaskey tenure regime, whatever, if you will, as uh, chairman of the board. And I, I think that years ago, 
there would be this call for the McCaskies to sell. And I would just be like, I don't, I don't, what do they do? Like, I don't know. How is this different than anything else? And now I'm a pretty true believer that the amount of decisions that George McCaskey has been involved with since he's taken over, just how clueless this guy is in how to make these decisions. And I'm just, I'm, I'm actually done sort of writing it off. I think it actually does have an impact on this football team. And, you know, you go back and start with his decision-making with who he's brought in and what that's led to. There are just embarrassing moments throughout this franchise history that has been around for over a hundred years now. And some of the most embarrassing moments have happened in his on his watch. Yeah. It's been a rough, uh, rough few decades here for for the bears it's not all on mccaskey's watch but you know a lot of the stuff like you said it's been it's been brutal i mean a lot of the stuff he does is like who knows if kevin warren really is the guy if he has there's rumors that he's he's only he's only in to do the the sale of of the of the stadium the building the stadium and yeah there's some rumors of that um there's some rumors that you know it's it's still whoever that polls is, is the top football guy I, I don't know what to believe. It's hard to tell, you know, the way the Bears spin it, it's Kevin Warren's show. So until we find out otherwise, as Bears fans, we can hope that's true. And we hope that he has got full authority to do what he feels. Yes, if that's fire poles, fire flus, you know, restart the whole thing again, it would really, really suck because here we are back in the same, you know, reset timeline. But, but what are the options here? You know, so yeah, I'm just not, and then people talk about the sell. I, don't, I can't see them ever selling. I know Virginia is 100 years old. You know, there was some talk that something may happen when, you know, when she is finally gone and, and, the, and the grandkids all have it to themselves and everything. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be the McCaskies. This is their legacy. This is this is all they got. So I think it's going to be here to stay. And we just hope that Kevin Warren is the guy and he can make uh, the right changes and he can get it done. I think there's just there's a number of instances that you have where I think the narrative from McCaskey and those in the Bears organization and those that uh, support that particular ownership group, let's say on Twitter or whatever, that would like you to believe is that, hey, they just hire football people and they get out of the way. Right. I don't think that that's necessarily all that true. And if you kind of go back and you look at some of the decision points that were made, even the most recent where you have all of these interviews, you lock in, you're going to hire Ryan Poles. And then you say, hey, here are these three coaches that we have vetted and say, these are the, this is the short list that we really like. And, you know, maybe you're free to like continue that search and, and, and interview more, more coaches, but um, you know, these guys are already pre-approved and we really like them. So, you know, hey, new hire, do what you need to do, right? That that kind of putting your thumb on the scale isn't actually getting out of the way, right? Yeah. And and I think that there's a tweet that you would like to highlight that would maybe exemplify that a little bit more. Mark Potash, who is Potash, Potash, Potash? I'm not sure. Potsy. He's called Potsy on the beat. Everyone knows him. You know, uh, the Bears and Chiefs each fired their head coach on December 31st, 2012. The Chiefs hired Andy Reid four days later. The Bears needed 16 days to hire Mark Tressman. Left out of this tweet, of course, is the flirtation with Bruce Arians, who was coming off Coach of the Year. He was the logical guy the Bears should have hired. And of course, 
Phil Emery decided to go Mark Trussman 16 days later. It's just. And why did he do that? It was because Phil Emery said, hey, you need yeah. to keep Rod Marinelli in place as your defensive coordinator. Oh, and Bruce Aaron's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to bring in yeah. my own people. I got this guy named Todd Bowles. He's going to be my defensive coordinator. He's my guy. We work well together. And Rod Marinelli, I think, was like, why are you doing this? I don't want to like stay here. This is not why, yeah. why are you why are you trying to set this up? And Rod Marinelli leaves uh when, when they hire Trestman, right? So they don't even get there to keep their defensive coordinator that that was so important to, to, to keep in place. And the thing about Arians was that Arians want actively wanted to coach Cutler. Yes. It was, I think, a, and if you've done any kind of listening to or research into Bruce Arians. I mean, quarterback whisperer is the name of his book and he's worked with some of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's had a lot of success with them. This is a guy who has, you know, the skins on the wall, like whatever you, whatever you want to say, he was a guy that absolutely could have demanded Cutler's attention and respect. And I think with the style, the no risk it, no biscuit, the throwing the ball down the field that Jay probably would have really liked playing for him. And so again, you have decision makers that are putting their thumb on the scale and not like trust, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say that that's on McCaskey's watch. Right. And so you start going through these and that Trustman situation led to, you know, one of the worst, I thought that was rock bottom. I think we're, I think we're, we're discovering there's more layers uh, below, below what we had assumed was rock bottom. And I think we're experiencing it here in 2023. Um, but, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I remember when that happened, by the way, thinking, why are we not even trying to interview Andy Reed? And, uh, and he just like, he signed right away, uh, down at, down in Kansas city. And I remember a lot of bears fans were like, oh, well, I mean, he can't win the big one. And I'm thinking (laughs) he's taking the Eagles to like five NFC championship games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he can't win the big one. Sure. Okay. That's a real criticism. The guy's one of the best offensive line minds in the league, but whatever. Yeah. There's just so much bad. You talk about rock bottom of the Trestman era. We thought we saw it. And then after Trestman, of course, is there's another regime and then there's another rock bottom. And then it's just, it's just ongoing. It's, it's over and over. And now here we are in this, uh, you know, polls, Iberfus era. And it's looking like we're on our way. If we're not there already, we're on our way to another rock bottom here with this regime here too as well. So, you know, get us off this hamster wheel of suck as fast as possible. And, you know, going back to Kevin Warren, uh, hopefully he's the guy, you know, hopefully he's the guy that can write this ship. Let's hit up our stat of the week, caught up in a numbers game. Um, I ha- They're all depressing numbers. So they're all depressing. Yeah, they you suck. know, why don't you start us off with your depressing number? Uh, my number this week is 60%. And uh, that is the third down conversion that the Bears have allowed thus far for three games. The worst in the NFL. I mean, there's some games tonight going on a Monday night that maybe someone will, you know, knock the Bears off off, off that spot. But right now, that's the worst. Um, against the Packers week one, it was 56.3% they allowed. Uh, Buccaneers and the great Baker Mayfield was 53.3%. Then, of course, uh, last week or, or yesterday, 71.4%. You watch this zone defense, which is a zone-based scheme. It's it's not the Tampa 2, but it's the Tampa 2, but it's not. Who knows what the hell they're doing back there. There are so many guys wide open. They are just going in front of the zones, and they're just making plays because, because there's no pass rush. You know, th- th- this, this, this type of defense works if there is a pass rush from your front four. 
We've, we've talked about it. It's not happening. What is going on here? 60% third down conversion. And this isn't just like a third and one. How many third and longs have we seen this team give up? You know, Jordan Love did it. Baker Mayfield did it. Patrick Mahomes did it. Those three quarterbacks are not the same, but they all kicked the crap out of the Bears defense when they had to. It's not going to get any easier. Oh. I mean, <laughs> Kirk Cousins going to eat this team up, right? Jimmy Garoppolo can do that. Like, this is – I called it vanilla defense earlier, and then I had to apologize to the flavor of vanilla because vanilla is good. Vanilla is a good flavor. It may not be your favorite flavor, but it is a good flavor. This is like the type of weird uh, jelly beans that they make where they're purposely trying to be bad. And they, there's like, I don't know, like bamboozled jelly beans or something. And jelly have like, bellies have those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah j- jelly bellies would like, it'll be like earwax flavor. This is an yeah. earwax defense. And I think that what, what kills me is that it's that we're garden grass, right? There's no match zone where the guys like, Hey, these guys coming into my, into my area. And now I take him and now there's tighter coverage from that player on that area. No, this is just like old school, <laughs> soft zone garden grass stuff where you're just wasting guys they're dropping the spots yeah yeah spot drop zone like this that stuff was out like a decade ago i don't understand how this is allowed to happen how has this team gotten worse (laughs) like it's just it's driving me nuts how is this this team should be better on paper i just can't i can't get over it all right you know real quick there was a play in the game yesterday with uh, of course talking Mahomes, you know one of the best ever you know the goat right now of of the current generation of quarterbacks and travis kelsey where they they were talking about the broadcast how this certain play was designed to go a certain way but when kelsey just saw hey there's nobody here i'm going to turn around and stop and Mahomes, being Mahomes, made that play that, that kind of goes back to how he was brought up in college too that's kind of how, how he played it the air raid system you know they're, they're they're just going to open grass and the quarterback is trained to, to to find them it's just a uh it's just the fact that the bears have never had a guy that can do that never had an offense that had that kind of uh a trust in each other i mean that that's a bigger problem that's that's an organizational problem if you will um hmm. it's just they, they, they just don't have that guy they never have had it you know how fun i don't I'm not even sure how it how it'd be to be a to be able to cheer for that because we, we've never done it i mean i'm old i'm really old i mean at least you know i saw some 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 good stuff way in the day but i've never seen quarterback play like that that got me excited you know i mean a team like the dolphins they're fun to watch i like that offense, but got a lot Bears, of speed fun to watch you yeah. know brutal all right, my number is negative 59. Oh, geez. That is the current point differential through three games for the Chicago Bears. The opponents have scored 59 more points than they have. Last year, a three-win season, as we have talked about for a long time, they had a point differential of negative 137, meaning their opponents scored 137 more points than they did. It's already negative 59. <laughs> Like it's already almost halfway there. Right. And I know that, you know, the bears win some, right. Like, but this is, this is troubling. This is troubling that you're already, it's the most in the league through three games. And again, there's two games going on, but I don't think either the, any of those teams yeah. are going to, going to catch that. The team that just got beat by 50 points at the bears play next week, their point differential as an Owen three football team, by the way, their point differential is negative 53. They lost one game by one and one game by two. 
that that's that's the the Broncos. And then they lose by 50, and now they're coming to Soldier Field, probably as PO'd and and motivated as as Sean Payton can can certainly make that team um, by getting embarrassed on on national television. Um, so negative 59. Great start. Sean Payton versus coach Matt Eberflus, who has the advantage in this in this uh, battle of wits here. It's going to be a, uh, I mean, you can see why the Broncos are favored in this game, even though they're in Soldier Field. It's just. Uh, in Soldier Field coming off a 50-point loss. And they're the favorite. Oh. But they got, beat, they got beat by 50, and they gave up 70. I, I mean, like, I, I just don't, I don't know that I can emphasize enough how crazy it is that the Bears are underdogs at home to that team, just on that fact alone. But I agree with it because I just don't have any faith in any part of this coaching staff, offense, defense right now, to do anything positive. They're both lost. When's the last time that both sides of the ball were this lost? I actually don't have an answer because there's usually at least one side of the ball that's working. Normally it's defense, right? Yeah. But there's been times like the Trustman, Trustman offense had some good moments. The Trustman defense with under Mel Tucker was terrible, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that. I, I don't remember the last time that they were both this terrible as they are under Eberflus. I mean, do you have to go back to like Abe Gibron or something? I don't know. I just wanted to, to, to shout out Abe Gibron, one, who we used to say was the worst Bears coach of all time. But we might be, uh, might be entering some new territory here with the last few. Okay, enough depressing stats. Let's talk about more depressing stats. Oh, Justin Fields, just the Fields report. 11 for 22, 99 <laughs> yards, one touchdown to DJ Moore, one interception, carried the ball 11 times for 47 yards, took three sacks, so a lighter work week for you on sack watch. Finally. Overall, not good enough, man. Not good enough in a game that you're getting, you know, crazy beat over the head with your 40 whatever points that they gave up. So you're playing in catch up mode and you're still only 11 of 22. Coach Luz talked about, he thought he played better this week, you know? And uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, they all, I, I literally just got the all 22, like, like an hour or so ago. So I haven't had a chance to go into it, you know, but you know, from what I understand, there's, there's some, there's a few misses again. There's some weird scheme stuff happening again, you know? So, you know, it was nice to see Fields get some yards to his feet. You know, it was, it was nice. It hasn't happened through the first two games. So that, that's at least a positive, but just brutal. Just uh, a, a lot of people that were really hopeful that, that Fields was the guy, oh, he'll turn it around. You know, they're starting to just go the other way. They're just like, they don't see anymore. I mean, I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. I think he's still got a lot of talent. I'm close, man. I mean, I, I remember the time when I was finally out on Mitch. You know, I'm like, okay, it's 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 there. We've seen enough flashes. You know, we just haven't seen enough from Fields still. You know, so their Bears aren't going to bench him. You're not benching him for, for Nate Peterman. And you're not going to bring an undrafted free agent, you know, and start him. Unless there's an injury, it's going to be Fields the rest of the way. So he'll have chance. I'm just not sure he's going to be able to do anything with it. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a pitcher that gets rocked in the first inning and the manager says, yeah, our bullpen spent. You, you got to just keep going, man. Like, you, I'm sorry, man. You got you to just keep throwing pitches and see what happens. I, I, you know, you know, we've talked about this many times. I never saw it with Mitch. 
right? Like I wasn't there with Trubisky. I wanted to be, right? I certainly supported him. I really wanted to be in on Mitchell Trubisky, but I just never got there. And then it just all fell apart. With Fields, I just saw it. Like he's just so dynamic. He had this elite trait. You know, he, he could throw the ball deep. And it looked like, even though I was totally out on Nagy, that, you know, like there was enough in his rookie year that you could just sort of, yeah, I could get excited about these things, right? And then I could kind of write off last year because there was nothing around him. He was running for his life. He was throwing to guys that, you know, weren't particularly talented, uh, you know, that were asked to step, you know, up multiple levels into, you know, being the wide receiver one when they should be a wide receiver three or, or what what have you. And then it's the first year in that system. That that system usually takes a little time that, you know, traditionally you see all these quarterbacks that have a rough first year and it takes time. And then for my hopes to be so dashed against the brick wall, watching these first three games with just how much it looks backwards, like it looks worse than his rookie season. I just don't know how that's possible. You know, there, there's better playmakers. The offensive line is not a good offensive line, but it's better. Like there's yeah. better talent there. And, you know, there, there's more time than, than there has been in the past. And it just like, it, it, is this just so much on the scheme and him just not being a fit for this scheme? Is it the defenses playing him a certain way that just kind of has figured him out? And that he just can't solve whatever they're doing, combination thereof. I mean, clearly Getsy has some play sequencing issues. He's clearly has some design issues. The weapons around him, even though they're talented, you know, have been running poor routes, right? I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of blame to go around. And I just I just can't reconcile it in my head how much better on paper this team looks and how much worse they look on the field. He just looks broken. He looks defeated when he plays. I mean, he's not playing with the same kind of swagger he did early in his career, you know, and, and we've seen it. We've seen this happen throughout the NFL. I mean, you know, uh, the most recent that's a pretty popular one is, is the Sam Darnold who got caught on on, on, a, on a mic saying, you know, I'm, I'm seeing ghosts out there. You know, that's because he was just brutalized so much. You know, he's seeing things that aren't there because he's anticipating the mistakes that they're not happening. You know, going back to David Carr with the Texans, he got sacked, you know, so many times there. You know, it just it just ruined his career. I mean, this has happens, you know, throughout th- throughout the history of the league where you got a guy, and if you don't treat him the right way, he's he just he's messed up. And I think this is where Fields is. I think Fields always had a little problem with reading certain things in the field um, from Ohio State. You know, that's part of it is their all their offense was. Um, it was a lot of long developing plays. Part of it is they had just supreme talent across the board at Ohio State. You know, so if you know if you know this is who you have as a quarterback. You know, then stop making him a drop back passer. You know, roll him out. There's nothing wrong with okay. We're going to roll you out and we're going to cut the field in half for you. You know, we're going to make read one, read two, and go. They talked about it last night on the Steelers and, and Raiders game. Chris Collinsworth said back when he played for 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 for, for Cincinnati, even then with Blitzburg is Blitzburg. They're always going to come get you. He said their quarterbacks were taught one read, two reads, run or throw it away. If that's what you got to tell Justin Fields. Same thing, whether you're cutting cutting the field in half, whether you're making the reads quicker, he got to do something. You know, he was dynamic and he was outstanding. One of the most exciting players in the league last year because of what he did with his feet. The Bears have neutered him. They took that away, whether it's through coaching, whether it's through him just, you know, I'm tired of getting my ass beat back here. 
whatever it was, he's not the same guy. And it's it's sad because there was so much, so much hope from Bears fans seeing what what he what he gave us. We're like, yeah, just build off that. Build off that, you know, the, the Shanahan style offense, you know, the play action, their boots, build off that. And then just his passing will take a small step. DJ Moore, oh yeah, man. You know, we we got this. Nothing. It's gone backwards. Awful. Um neutered was the exact word that I had in my mind, and you used it. So that was interesting that that we went that way. Mind you had a visual. Did you want to use that, or are you saving that? I'm going to save that because I'm, I'm going to talk about fields in the offense a little bit in a, in a little bit here. So, all right, uh, we're going to hit it after the break. Then stick with us, and uh, we'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Lester, let's talk about the three bears, everybody's favorite segment, of course. Um, and this continues to be difficult, but do you have anybody that you would like to highlight for your hot bowl of porridge this week? I'm going to go, I'm looking at the numbers because, you know, the bears gave up, you know, 40, uh, just brutal, brutal game offense, brutal game defense. But linebacker TJ Edwards, he had 17 tackles. He's up to 43 on the season. Okay. If you extrapolate that, he's on pace for 243 tackles, which would be a Bears record, obviously. And uh, I'm not sure what the league record is, because that's not a really official stat. But Edwards has been all over the field. You know, it, it sucked because he's having to make so many plays. You would hope that, you know, the guys in front would make more plays and he wouldn't be forced to do it. He had his press conference today. He talked about how he feels him and Trey Edmonds are close. They're close to making big plays. He feels the defense is close in a lot of aspects. You know, the Bears are 0-3, so, of course, this is what they're going to talk about. Coach Flues talks about, you know, fo- fo- focusing on the details this week. They're really going to focus now. You know, coming up with the Broncos here. So, but yep. TJ Edwards, man, I, I think he's he's playing pretty good football. It just sucks that you know this is the this is not the area where you want your linebackers to be making these kind of plays. It's good that he can do it, but you know your, your D line, man, your trench has got to do the work for you. That's interesting. Uh, I think Dante Jones is the off the top of my head, right? Like he's isn't yeah. he the single season record holder for the Bears? A Jack Silverstein favorite. Uh, yes. always likes to bring up that record. So if that's in, in jeopardy, that'll be, that'll in be jeopardy. fun to watch. I, I like records, man. Give, give me something to track and, and follow here. Uh, so that's a good little tip. And, and, uh, yeah, it seems like a, I like him. I like that player. I think that he's, he's a good football player. And, and yeah. again, 
an upgrade, more talent on, on paper here. Like what's happening? Uh, my uh, hot bowl of porridge goes to one Mr. Jack in the Box, Jack Sanborn, who recorded an interception. And of course he did. Taylor Swift was in the audience. He's going to show out for his ex girlfriend relationship thing that was a total rumor that was started by our own Jake Bonfante that made national <laughs> national news, right? I mean, wasn't it all the Dan Levitard show? I yeah. we have to at least just for those of you that don't know, our 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 good friend, our young writer, Jacob Infante, has quite the Twitter following, much, much more than either of us. And he put out a rumor that Jack Sanborn and Taylor Swift were dating, and it somehow got picked up as a real thing. It was and, completely tongue in cheek, like the way it was yeah. crafted. Anyone with like half a brain cell, like, oh yeah, that's this kid's just goofing around. I call him a kid because I'm so old, but you know, he 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 plays around with it, and he's done it like several times now. He doubled, he tripled, quadrupled down today with another one about you know Jack Sanborn. It's just it's funny stuff. He has fun with with social media, and that's what it's all about. And like you said, a national publication picked it up. I'm like, come on, dude, are you are you not betting this? This is clearly fun. I don't know. And here he is on the game where half the game was shots of Taylor Swift and he, he was an interception. I thought it was just, that is the NFL script writers really outdid themselves with, with that. They, they took some outside influence from Jacob and they really weaved it into their NFL script writing narrative and uh, made sure that Jack had a good play. So I really appreciated that. He gets the the hot bold porch for me. This Bears fans hate Taylor Swift. now. It's like, what does she do? She's just a dating Kelsey. Like like the I mean, Facebook comments, the, the Twitter comments, Facebook more so than Twitter, obviously, but they're just like like why why are you ripping on Taylor Swift? She's like she's a, a pop star. She know? seems like a decent person, but she's I funny. think the 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 reverse of this is quite funny. I have seen posts of of Swifties, um, I believe they call themselves, yeah. of these these big Taylor Swift fans that maybe have no interest in football and now are trying to understand what football is because Taylor Swift went to a football game. And so there's these like explainers from one Swifty to another of what football is and the basics that you need to know. And this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen, but I also am like, if Swifties like hit us up, let, you know, let us know your questions and your kind, we would love to introduce you to the basics of football and, and, and get you get you going so you know new new segment of the fan base i don't know rich eisen uh on the pregame show yesterday ma- mentioned you know he had a rumor that swift would be in kc so i tweeted it out of course because you know it's social media I like tweeting out like a hundred thousand impressions that tweet got <laughs> man I, I gotta think of more reasons to tweet about taylor swift because man that, that, my twitter blew up from that uh, we need to uh, bring our guy Luis Medina on yeah. and uh, see if Don't we can get him in. to just just go off on Taylor Swift songs. And he's a he's a he's a Swifty. He's a big he fan. Is, so and Trenton Gill, you know, Trenton Gill's a Swifty, right? So we, we definitely had the the connections there yesterday. So uh, all right, let's let's turn it around and let's go cold bowl of porridge here. For my cold, it's I got to go back to Justin Fields, you know, but it's not just Fields. It's it's the offense. It's Luke Getzey. It's the scheme, it's the play calls, and and I had a graphic you want to highlight. Courtney Cronin, um, Bears Beat for ESPN, uh, she tweeted out a graph from ESPN Stats and Info. So if you're watching on the uh, on the video channel here, you see that there. Uh, a look at Justin Fields' struggles inside the pocket since the start of last season. That's, the, of course, the Getsy era. 
Um, Fields has the worst QBR, which QBR is what it is. It's No one knows the secret formula ESPN uses, but it's a at least something that we understand, okay? Worst QBR, 25, and yards per dropback, 4.6 from inside the pocket among QBs with at least 200 passes in that time. So if you see this graphic here, Fields is way down in the corner. He is the absolute worst when he's inside the pocket, which goes back to my earlier point. Get him the F out of the pocket. Let this man get on the move. More play action. Get him on the move. Bootleg sprint outs. Give him a two-way go. Like I said, cut the field in half. One, two, read, go. Yes, defenses are playing him differently. You know, they're doing a lot of zone against him, keeping their eyes on him. They're rushing him with a way to keep him in the pocket. They want him in the pocket. You know what? Luke Etsy, scheme him out of there. Figure out a way. Crack back, you know, crack that DN so you can't contain. Do something. Bring in bring in Mercedes Lewis. Put him on the edge. Let him seal an edge for Giff Field somewhere to go. Do something. But get his ass out of the pocket because it's not working. Yeah, it's this continues to be a coaching staff that I think just doesn't understand what they have. And they're trying to like fit, you know, the the square pegs into round holes, whatever you want to say. But they're not willing to bend their system or change their system or their approach or whatever. And it's on both sides of the ball. And for me, it's I'm going to I'm going to keep going after him. It's it's Matt Everflus. And I, there's a nice tweet from Matt Bowen uh, at Matt Bowen 41 ESPN guy, former Hawkeye uh, and, you know, longtime NFL safety, really good stuff. You guys should be following him, but very simple tweet. It just says bears defense, highest zone coverage rate in the league, 73.6%. Oh my God. Um, just one sack, nine total quarterback hits it's through three games. That's, I mean, that's not even one. That's not even a good one game. Uh, and a pressure rate of only 19.6%. Uh, need to heat up the quarterback for this scheme to work. And you need to really heat up this the quarterback for that scheme to work. That And, and it's just so pathetic to not understand the limitations of your own scheme and not be willing to shift out of it. And I, I understand that you're going against Patrick Mahomes, but all of these quarterbacks that you're going to face can beat the scheme without a pass rush. And so if you're not willing to try to be creative and find ways to win, and, you know, I've heard people defend, well, he just, you know what, he doesn't have the dudes, right? You really need a three technique and you need a lockdown corner and you need a playmaking safety. And it's like, whoa, what are you here for then, man? You're the head coach. Like, and, and if you come back and tell me that he's a culture guy, like what's this culture? Like this culture is bad. So if you're not bringing anything creatively defensively, uh, you don't understand the talent that you have and are not willing to adapt and your culture sucks. Why are you here? What would you say you do here? Matt? I mean, it's the hits philosophy. I mean, it's at some point, I'm not sure if they're, yeah. I mean, the the people want to say, Oh, he's going to lose the locker room. That, that, That takes a long time. I'm sure the the players still believe in in the message, but you know there's a fine line there between hearing it about the hits philosophy, you know, having to, you know, like you said today, they're going to really focus now. You know, they've been focusing. You know, what have they been doing? What have you been doing? The the, the pre-snap penalties. I mean, the Bears took a penalty after a kickoff, a delay a game. What are we doing? You, You you don't have the plays dialed up, you know. I'm not saying that's that's definitely on Getsy and or on Fields. Someone there's a miscommunication there, 
Are we not ready? Just some of the weird stuff that happens in the game. We didn't see it last year. Last year sucked. Three wins, awful. But they were more disciplined last year. And then, of course, you hear them say, well, we got a whole new team this year. We have, you know, X amount of new players. Okay, well, you brought these guys in. They're supposed to be your guys. You brought them in. It should not take this long to kind of get everyone on the same page to not, not make stupid mistakes. It's uh, it's unbelievable. First down coming out of a kickoff. It's not like Arrowhead was rocking. Arrowhead was bored. They were Arrowhead, bored. They 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 got up a few touchdowns. They went out and they got seconds on on the burn ins. Right, like th- that stadium was pretty empty by the end of it. This is a team that's won two Super Bowls in the last few years. They, oh, they're blowing out a bad team. Whatever. Let's see if we can beat the traffic home. Like yeah. the, the, the crowd was not a factor here. This is, this is a, this, this crowd was bored. And so I, I just, no, uh, unacceptable. And like you said, if you, if that's your philosophy, if that's your culture, but you don't show it, I, I don't get it. Like it, it, it does not make sense to me. I'm going to keep going after him until he, until he's gone. Cause it's just, I see no point of his presence in the building right now. Uh, just right. You got a, you got anybody for this? It's it feels like cheating. We always go to special teams here, but we don't have any options here because Kyra Santos, you know, perfect on the day with his lone field goal. He made his extra point. Uh, he had three kickoffs, all went for touchbacks. You know, he has not missed a kick this year, uh, field goal or extra point. And also another Kyra Santos nugget: his touchback percentage this season is the highest in his career so far. And I probably just put the jinx on him. He's going to suck against Denver. But, uh, yeah, so far, Cairo Santos, man, he is uh, – this is what you expect. You know, he's one of the most accurate kickers in Bears history. We expect him to be good, and he's been good. I mean, it is sad that we have to keep talking about the kicking game. Um, I, I'm going to – and I'm just going to double up because I'm going to repeat my trench tribute uh, as as uh, Darnell Wright. As my okay. Wright. Again, I think that he played uh, well enough. And I think he's settling in and he's, you know, when you're trying to cover a football team that has lost 13 straight games and have to do a post game show and you can't talk about a victory for we're almost a year in folks. Like the last time we got to talk about a victory was October of last year. So we're entering the month where the bears last one. It's, it's rough. Okay. Uh, you got to look for players that you think could be legitimate building blocks moving forward. There's not a lot of them last year to talk about. And the one, one of the guys that you thought might've been, they traded away and I get, you know, we, we don't need to rehash that, but you know, they, they traded away Roquan Smith, but this, this guy seems like he could legitimately be um, a, a good football player for this team for a long time. So we'll keep watching him. Uh, and he gets to, he gets a an extra helping of porridge today. Yeah, he is who we thought he was so far. He's a rookie. He's in a struggle. Has ups and downs. When he flashes, he flashes great. When he's bad, he's bad. You know, but he, he's who we expect him to be. That that's a good call for the uh, for just right this week. All right. Well, let's uh, let's not belabor this too much. Do you have anything going on this week that deserves extra attention before we get out of here? I mean. Win, lose, or draw, we got stuff popping. I mean, if you guys have not seen uh, Jay Thunderdoom's 46-second clip on, on our on our YouTube channel, Second City Gridiron, go find that. It's uh, 
it's well worth the 46 seconds of your life to kind of click play on that and then check it out. That was, uh, I kind of came to us in an email thread late last night. We're like, oh my God, this is, uh, this is golden. It's one of those, uh, you know, we don't share our Slack chat or email chat or of course, or anything like that, but there was a, you know, a series that, you know, try to keep positive. And, and I said, you know, I need an arc that ends with like a French film, black and white French film noir, where you know, just existential, talking about the meaninglessness of life, right? And and uh, it, it accelerated quickly, and we got it. Uh, it is, is is what we're talking about. Well worth your time to go see that. It's very funny, and uh, it's it's dead on, and and yeah. uh, well worth well worth everything that went into it. So I agree with that. Yeah, like you said, everything's popping. You know, we're we're in mid season form. Like our stuff is still there and present and good, uh, even if this football team isn't. So we'll we'll be here with you. Therapy sessions, therapy session on Wednesday night uh, with EJ on Bears Over Beers. Bring your beverage and ask us anything, and uh, we will uh, have some fun there. We'll stick around for a little bit to do Q and A with the YouTubers. Uh, but until next time, bear down.